This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. To accept this call, press 5. To block this call and all future calls, you may begin speaking now. Are you in love? Do you feel it in your stomach? Does it twist and turn and scream and burn and start to make you cry, but you like it? Don't want to let it slip away? Does it stretch into your throat until you don't know what to say? Does it hold you under its pillow in the night? It kills you with its passion and its endless beam of light? When you see yourself in the future, frail and gray, who do you want beside you when you wake to start your day? Yeah, it's extreme. I know what you're going to say. I'm being too dramatic, but this feeling feels this way. Are you in love? Do you feel it in your spine? Shaking, waking, tearing, breaking, taking a sweet time. But you want it. Yeah, you need it to breathe. You're never sure of what is pulling from its sleeve. If you said yes to all the things above, then yes, my friend, I'm sorry. It appears you're in love. The following episodes contain graphic description of sexual assault and violence, which some listeners may find disturbing. It is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. is Wetlock, my true unscripted chronicles as a prison wife. Join me on my journey as I bring you crazy stories, informative facts, updates on my husband, advice from my family and friends, and special guests giving their true life stories on the prison system. This is not your average love story. Welcome to Wetlock. Before we jump into the episode, I want to give a small disclaimer. My bonus episodes are for inmates and their families to discuss their experiences within the prison system. Who I choose to interview is taken extremely seriously. Myself and my research team work diligently to bring concrete facts that we have researched. I am not here to take sides nor judge. Everybody has a right to exercise their voice just as much as I have the right to express my opinions, both legal and personal. I do not tolerate any form of disrespect. I will not be bullied nor harassed, threatened, nor condone any violent statements to intimidate or insinuate acts of violence. I do not intimidate easily. I would also like to note that I am protected by my First Amendment rights, which can be found within the Bill of Rights. The Nassau County Sheriff's Office announced Friday that its detectives are looking for two persons of interest who may have information about a shooting that happened at the parking lot of a tattoo shop. The two persons of interest have been identified as Ashley Blair Morgan, 36, and John Michael Kite, 37, both of Faradina Beach. According to the Sheriff's Office, on Wednesday around midnight, the owner of Freebird Tattoo in Yulee was closing his shop when a car drove into the parking lot and five people got out, two adults, three juveniles. When When the business owner saw them, 
he went back into the business and grabbed a gun, NCSO said. The sheriff's office said there had been an ongoing feud with several individuals, both adults and juveniles. A man from the car got out. Both he and the owner began shooting, deputy said. As the individuals who had got out the car ran back to it, one of the juveniles was struck in the leg, NCSO said. When deputies arrived to the area, the tattoo shop owner was found on the sidewalk and had been shot in the torso and the left wrist. He told deputies he ran next door to hide at Celebration Assembly Church and then came back. NCSO said he was taken to a hospital in Jacksonville. Deputies said they also received information that a juvenile male who had been shot and possibly involved in the incident arrived at Baptist Hospital in Jacksonville. The alleged shooter in the car was dropped off at an unknown location in Faradina area and the driver took the juvenile who was shot to Baptist Hospital in Jacksonville, NSCO said. Uly, Florida, June 9th update. The Nassau County Sheriff's Office said both persons of interest turned themselves in on Monday, three days after deputies announced they were searching for them. They were interviewed by detectives and arrested. NCSO said John Michael Kite faces charges of attempted murder, possession of a weapon by a convicted felon, and child neglect. Ashley Blair Morgan also faces charges of attempted murder and child neglect. As you guys know, I have started a support group, Fed Up Wives, supporting wives of incarcerated federal inmates. This is a nonprofit organization set to help both emotionally and mentally, but financial as well. To contact Fed Up Wives, please email fedupwives.org at gmail.com. The contact number is 404 927 8011. Please like and join the Facebook page, Fed Up Wives Organization. You guys have supported me, and now it is time for me to support you. Now back to the show. Hi, Brooklyn. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. I've heard so many wonderful things about you from your mom or your grandmother. Thank you. <laughs> so, Brooklyn, I know you've probably already been prepped. You know, um, I'm calling to talk to you about the incident that happened um, that resulted in your mom and John getting arrested and um, sentenced and doing time. So I just want to hear from you um, how everything went down and what actually happened. You were, how old were you then? Uh, I was 14. Okay, you're 14. So you are what now? 16? I'm 16. 16? Okay. Uh-uh. Don't call me yes, ma'am. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't do that <laughs> All right. okay so you were 14 um and gabby was your friend correct um at the time that it happened we, we weren't friends anymore okay like, we had just stopped being friends but before that yeah okay 
So I talked to your mom earlier and she kind of gave me play by play of what happened um, when, okay, I guess a fight started. There was a fight and it had something to do with um, Chad and just all this teenage type of stuff or whatever. And then you end up telling your mom um, this, the ordeal with uh, Chris. So do you mind telling me what happened? Uh, with Chris? Yeah. Like, from the tattoo. Like, how did how did the tattoo even happen? Um, this isn't, like, recorded, right? As my interview continues, I asked Brooklyn a difficult question. And as a responsible adult and with empathy towards the trauma she's experienced... I will not push her to tell this part of her story. I want her to feel as comfortable as possible as she gives me her side of her story. This podcast does not support nor condone sexual assault nor abuse against minors. You don't have to tell me if you're not comfortable. You do not have to talk. You do not have to tell me if you're not comfortable. If you want to just talk about... um you know, the situation that happened that evening, um, that how Chad got shot, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, your mom being arrested and doing time, if you want to talk about, you know, the situation that resulted in John getting 30 years in prison, you don't have to talk about that actual incident if you don't want to. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable at all. Yeah, I just, I feel like I've talked about that, like, a lot, and I'm just, it was two years ago now, and I'm just, like, I'm over it, so okay. I'd rather talk about more so my mom and, you know, things like that. Okay, that is okay. Well, that's what we're here for, and that is why I'm doing this, because I want the story to get out there. I want it to be told, because I do feel like the end result of John getting 30 years and your mom even having to, you know, go to jail and get time for protecting you it's just complete ludicrous to me. So, you know, your grandmother, your mother, you know, John, everybody is a victim. You, Chad, and it's a story that should be told because nobody ever had, nobody outside of you guys had any type of repercussions um, to come their way. You know, the, the main person in this who created a lot of this drama that all you guys are dealing with was never held responsible. So how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, it, it made me really, really mad at first, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just a lot of emotions. Like, I was just, like, you know, upset, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, when it all happened. But, you know, now when I look at it, I just, I know, like, I believe more so in, like, the universe has got that, you know? Okay. So they 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 obviously so it's gonna happen one day. Like they're gonna get, you know, what they deserved one day. So you definitely believe in karma. Yeah, I believe in karma. I believe in God for sure. Okay. So <clears throat> how do you feel about John getting sentenced thirty years um for protecting you guys? I it was crazy to me, you know. I I mean obviously I'm I'm upset about it. It hurts me. It's yeah. just it was just mind blowing that that like even resulted in thirty years of his life. Yeah. Yeah. 
So after so every, time, I, go ahead, go ahead. The, the only part I could say, I guess I understand a little bit, was him uh, being a felon. Right. Early and like that coming down on him, I guess like you have to look at it through like the court, like, you know, legally. Yeah, the law. Be, so, yeah. Yeah, the law the definitely, the, the law definitely played into, um, you know, why things happen to him the way they happen to him. It's just unfortunate because what should have happened was he should have, I feel like it should have been a wash. I feel like, you know, self-defense, stand your ground, all those things should have came into play and it should have um, worked in his favor um, because of how everything happened. So it, it's it's really messed up. And, you know, that's something that your your grandmother and your mom are trying to do about, you know, about getting his story out there, your mom's story out there. And, you know, my podcast is talking about these injustices that happen to people. Um, so we can just expose the things that need to be exposed. But I want to know, like, how are, how are you doing? Like, how, how are you doing um, now at 16 years old with all the stuff that took place? Um, how are you doing? I'm right now in my life. I'm doing really good. Actually, actually, you know, at first it had a really bad effect on me and like, you know, like my family and everything. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, like I just I worry about now. Like I worry about present. Like my, I go. I have a job. Um, you know, I go to school and I hang out with my friends and I just do things like that. You know, I write my mom, I, or I have wrote my mom, I, you know, I talk to my mom, mm -hmm. and I talk to John sometimes, so, uh, video calls with them, too, so, I just worry about them, like, getting out and moving on. Yeah, so moving on is definitely a plus, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, um... I just want to apologize to you for, you know, the things that you went through. Um, of course, I mean, I was 14 at one point, you know what I'm saying? So I do sincerely apologize that you even had to go through anything that you went through. Um, I hate that everything resulted in the way that it did. I'm going to do my best to tell your mom's story, tell John's story, you know, your story as much as Chad and everybody else and your grandmother, um, because all of you guys were affected. I think the thing that upsets me the most about this is the simple fact that this person was never held responsible for anything that was done to any of you. And, and I think that's the common goal with all of us at this point, um, so I commend you on being a big girl and and moving forward and being productive and just trying to stay positive and supporting your mom and supporting John. That's just that's that's amazing. You know, when I talked to Chad, he said he felt like John needed a, a medal and he was a hero. Do you feel the same way? Definitely. Yeah. Um, when I look back on it now, I just think like dang like we really just went out there and just like it happened like Chris shot and then so like I don't know I just remember like ducking and then like looking for everybody and then it was just crazy and then you know John just we all got out alive you know thanks to him 
Wow. <sighs> wow. Well, is there anything that you want to say? Like, is there something you want to say to John or your mom or just any 14-year-old girl out there or or just anybody? Do you have something that you want to, you know, a message or anything that you want to give? Even if it's about the universe, because I, I believe in the universe and energy as well. Um, to mom, to my mom and to John, you know, it's just, it's just always been a thank you, you know, like, thank you for everything, you know, like, at the time, the, the girl that was there, she was my best friend, like, thank you for saving her life, and my life, and my boyfriend and child's life, because, you know, I still got love for everybody, even if we don't associate now, and, you know, um, if there's just, like, if, if there's ever a situation where anything like that happens, you know, to any younger girls, just, Speak up, tell somebody, go about it the right way, though, you know? Yeah. Go, and maybe if you go to, I mean, like, I'm going to be honest, for me, I don't really feel like getting the cops involved helps, but maybe take that step first before you take any other steps. Yeah. And, you know, just tell, or tell a trusted adult, and then, you know, if you, if you want to take it from there, do that. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Your story will help somebody else so you continue to you know be that voice for for the 14 year old the 15 year olds or whoever you always put that out there and let people know um that you that you you're there you have a shoulder but just push them in the right direction because there are a lot of people out there who never say absolutely anything so I'm proud of you um for for doing that and again I'm sorry that things um happen the way they happen but trust me when I tell you we are going to do everything that we can to um help John more than anything and um you know try to try to put this out there so the truth you know the truth will come out and like you said that's just how the universe works the universe it it comes all the way back around I thank you so much for talking to me. Um, I know you have to go to work, so I don't want to hold you up, but I thank you. And your mom has my number. If it's ever a time that you want to um, call and talk to me, if it's, you know, something you remember or, or you know, anything, she has my number. You can call me um, anytime you, you need to or you want to, okay? Yeah, I will. Thank you. Thank you, you for your time, too. You are so welcome. And, Christy, thank you so much, ma'am. You're welcome. Thank you for getting the story out there. Thank you so much. Hey, this is one of many conversations to go. There's so many layers to this story. But thank you guys so yeah, much, so, is. so, so much. And, uh, Christy, I'll probably text you later. And, Brooklyn, you have a wonderful and safe, blessed day, okay? You too. All right. Bye. There are many forms of childhood sexual abuse. The sexual abuse can involve seduction by a beloved relative, or it can be a violent act committed by a stranger. Sexual abuse can be hard to define because of the many different forms it can take on. 
The different levels of frequency, the variation of circumstances it can occur within, and the different relationships that may be associated with. Maltz 2002 gives the following definition. Sexual abuse occurs whenever one person dominates and exploits another by means of sexual activity or suggestion. Sexual abuse can be correlated with higher levels of depression, guilt, shame, self-blame, eating disorders, somatic concerns, anxiety, disassociative patterns, repression, denial, sexual problems, and relationship problems. Depression has been found to be the most common long-term symptom among survivors. Survivors may have difficulty in externalizing the abuse, thus thinking negativity, negatively about themselves. After years of negative self-thought, survivors have feelings of worthiness and avoid others because they believe they have nothing to offer. This describes the symptoms of child sexual abuse survivors, depression to be feeling down much of the time, having suicidal thoughts, having disturbed sleeping patterns, having disturbed eating patterns. Survivors often experience guilt, shame, and self-blame. It has been shown that survivors frequently take personal responsibility for the abuse. When the sexual abuse is done by an esteemed, trusted adult, it may be hard for the children to view the predator in a negative light, thus leaving them incapable of seeing what happened as not their fault. Survivors often blame themselves and internalize negative messages about themselves. Survivors tend to display more self-destructive behaviors and experience more suicidal thoughts than those who have not been abused. If you or anyone you know experiencing sexual abuse of any kind, please, please tell someone. Now it is time for my thoughts. Listening to Brooklyn fight back tears was extremely hard for me to do. Being able to maintain my composure while interviewing these people and dealing with their emotions is not easy. Trying to not react on a personal level takes a lot of restraint. Because my first thought that came to mind that wanted to fly out of my mouth was that this man is a piece of shit. He is a monster, and I thank God that I do not have any children. How is this man not being investigated? Shortly after these allegations came out, other young girls came forward, but was told that they needed to provide proof. So my question is to Nassau County, what does proof look like coming from a 14-year-old girl? Are they supposed to get wired up? Are they supposed to let the assault actually happen to them for you to be comfortable enough to investigate? Is that what you need to be convinced that something is terribly wrong here? I am a daddy's girl. And I will say this. It would have taken only a smidget of the story a smidget of the story for me to tell my dad and there would have been nothing left to confront. Nothing. 
So I personally want to say thank you to John for being a man and protecting these kids. These three children are alive because of you. Thank you for stepping up for a 14-year-old girl who needed that, who needed the protection from you. Clearly, you can hear in Brooklyn's voice that trauma is still there. It is still with her. It has affected her. It will continue to affect her. It was even affecting her before her mother even knew what was going on. And so I have three questions I want to leave. Do you understand how many people's lives you affected on June the 4th, 2020? Do you know the damage that you left behind? Do you understand the innocence that you stole from a 14-year-old girl? Do you? That is all I have, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me again. This is bonus episode 12, part two. And I am truly, truly, truly disgusted after having this interview with Brooklyn. Thank you guys again. Thank you guys for joining me on yet another part of my journey. To follow this podcast, you can find it on Facebook and Instagram under Wetlock Chronicles Podcast, Twitter Wetlock Podcast, and be sure to subscribe to the show's YouTube channel by clicking the link in the show's description. To get updates on season two, live episodes, discussion forums, and much more, visit wetlockchronicles.com. You can also get the link to sign the petition for Matthew Baker Jr. within the show's description. Thank you guys again for joining me. Please stay blessed, stay safe, and welcome to Wetlock. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 